You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Actually, it's the, it's the lead play in our, in our offense. Yes, a Y-in or a tight end to open up somewhere between 6 feet and 9 feet. Get an isolation with the, with the linebacker. Come the tackle. What's up, guys? Welcome into Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. You can email us, PackersTotalAccess at gmail.com. You can text us, 865-658-5824. I'm joined alongside Tim, live in Green Bay, ready to talk a little Packer ball, obviously, coming off of this uh, this Victory Monday. We're going to try to walk this thing out. We're going to get every ounce of it out of uh, that we can, Tim, until midnight tonight, man. But how are you doing today? Man, feeling good. Uh, enjoying the memes. Um, enjoying the uh, the Packer hater tears. Um, you know, it's a pretty good. Uh, pretty good Monday, man. Pretty good Monday. We may we may go to Bed Bath and Beyond. I don't know. I don't know if we'll have enough time. Right? <laughs> um, so you said your buddy Tony uh, had had a good little little time at the casino. Am I understanding? Yeah, yeah. Got a little money. Shout out to Tony. Had, had, well, tell had, that story. Had, how did you, threw how did threw you his cowboy that? boots and his cowboy hat on with all his uh, his Packer gear and. Uh, was a little celebrity down there in the in the mill town. So uh shout out my buddy Tony, man. Had a had a great time collecting. Always a good uh time when you uh walk to the casino just to collect money and leave, right? You know, it's a good feeling. Can't go wrong betting on the pack, right? Did the did the two step the whole way there and then uh then stomped out a little honky tonk stomp when he got That's to the right. casino a little bit, man. How about them boys? Yeah. <laughs> I know we got a ton of people here in the chat. I'll try to Name drop a few here. I know we got Omer in here. We got Eric Sutherland, Logan, Jen Wright, United Bates, all the usual suspects. Boz up in the house. Oh, man, we got a bunch. Ty Fisher, Larry, Mr. Larry up in here. I always call him Mr. Larry. I feel like he – I could sit down with Larry and he would point out three things that I'm doing wrong in my life on a daily basis. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) And he would do it in the most polite way that I would actually change my habits. You know, that type of guy. Um, John Schmidt in the house. Daniel in the house. Got a whole bunch of people in here. Drew, what's up, Drew? Good to see you in here, buddy. Too old for this, too. All right, so we got a bunch of stuff to cover. Uh, first things first, though, I try to put a link to our online store. Everybody's been saying they want merch. They want merch. So uh, we created a store. Uh, Carly kind of led the charge there. Really appreciate her. And I know uh, Chris has been helping out with it, too. And um, 
we're going to get that up and running. We just tried to link a second ago. It's throwing an error message, but we do have like several products already being created. So uh, one of which is uh, is the mug, right? The PTA Posse mug. It's pretty much ready to roll. So we'll get that stuff squared away for sure. So um, should be able to get that link up and running by tomorrow, I would imagine. We've also got a hoodie ready to go out. Surprise, surprise. And a couple other things. So anyway, let's talk some Packers. Um, first things first. Obviously, the big matchup coming up next Saturday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central on Fox and NFL Plus Packers at the 49ers. I'm sure the weather will be just fine. Sometimes it gets a little chilly and rainy out there this time of year in San Fran. But, Tim, man, this is uh, this is going to be one of those one of those games where it's like the Cowboys. We're either going to be pleasantly surprised or I could see it being a uh, a dogfight, too. But uh, hey, either way about it. Just here to tell you, pack is back. Uh. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> we got how far we get in? Four minutes into the. Into you the know play. it, right? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so, you know the the big thing about this this matchup with the 49ers on the surface, and we're going to deep dive it all week long. We're we're just going to take some time really and enjoy this win against the Cowboys. Tomorrow will be chalk talk. It'll probably be the evening uh, episode for PTA Live. We'll do chalk talk, but. You know, when you looked at Dallas from an offensive standpoint, Tim, it was pretty unanimous across the board. We were like, look, you just got to stop CeeDee Lamb. CeeDee Lamb's the go-to guy. There wasn't really anybody else other than Ferguson um, that uh, that really scared you on their offense. And uh, lo and behold, now we're, we've got the uh, San Francisco 49ers coming up. Totally different animal. They move the, They spread the ball around so well. Did you see Matt LaFleur's offense last night? How you didn't know where the ball was going. You didn't. There was literally there was bodies going in every direction on play fakes. I mean, it, it really confused the Dallas defense. Get ready. That's how San Fran attacks. Now they do it at a little bit different look, 21 personnel, but they're still getting to the ending point, right? With the same type of passing concepts, things like that. So we're gonna deep dive it this week. Like I said, we'll have plenty of time to do that. But one thing on the surface that sucks, got this news earlier today from Ian Rappaport, source in uh Green Bay, Packers Edge. Player Kingsley Inigbare is feared to have torn his ACL in yesterday's win over the Cowboys. The player called JJ had carved out a nice rotational role for himself. So I still haven't heard anything, Tim. I don't know if you have. If you have, you can correct me there. It sounds like they're waiting for uh, you know the final results or whatever. But the way Matt Lafleur talked about it, it, it he was kind of kind of felt like JJ Inigbare's season's over. Is that is that pretty much what you're hearing too? That's that's the vibe we're getting. Um, but I haven't seen anything official. Um, yeah, right. so I'm assuming that uh, you know, unlike some of our reporters, uh, we, they like to wait <laughs> to confirm things before we uh, we go public with it. But um, you know, these guys are plugged in, so I, I, I'm sure that nothing's going to contradict that. And uh, if that does, in fact, turn out to be true, um, we got to just. T- tip our cap to uh, Kingsley and Igbari, man, on a, on a great year and a supporting role here uh, for the Packers. Really, really instrumental, um, giving guys like Preston Smith and, um, you know, Rashawn Gary uh, a breather here and there. And uh, he's made some impact plays, man. He had a strip sack this year. Um, you know, we talked about him still still learning as a young player, getting a little deep on some of those uh, pass rushes and things like that, um, not maintaining the edge. But uh, he's coming along nicely. He's another another project player and a, a developmental guy that, um, you know, I'd like to see around actually uh, in the future. So, um, you know, hopefully this is not super serious, but uh, yeah, it does look like it is. And, uh, you know, Hey, hopefully he gets back, you know, he's got Rashawn Gary there as a great example of how to, 
how to rehab a major knee injury and come back like you never missed any time. So, um, yeah. you know, thoughts and prayers and best wishes out to uh, to JJ and Igbari, man, for sure. Yeah, no doubt, man. No doubt. Uh, Eric Sutherland in the chat says Cox Jr., Tom. Um, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna probably see him inserted into that active roster. Now we know they've they've pretty much protected him all year long. You know, I'm not real big on Britton Cox Jr. Um, plays a little bit reckless, but man, you talk about a ball of talent. That dude has all kinds of physical traits to play at the NFL level. There's no doubt about that. Drew in the chat says, I think the answer is more play time for the top three guys. I don't want Cox getting a bunch of snaps. I agree with that, Drew. Immediately, I thought, well, that's fine. Preston can play both sides of the ball. Van Ness has primarily played on the right side from the defense's perspective, obviously. Um, so probably get a little rotational aspect. And whenever whenever Lucas Van Ness, let's say he goes from the 18 snaps he's getting, right, to let's say 35 snaps, whatever it may be. Uh, he's definitely in shape to do it. There's no doubt about that. And it was so cool seeing him get that sack the other night as well. Tim for sure. Absolutely. He's uh, yeah, coming along, I think, pretty nicely for a rookie. Jen Wright said Matt LaFleur had a presser today, said his season is over, assumed an ACL. So that's kind of the vibe I was getting, Jen. So yeah, thank you for uh clarifying that uh for sure. So let's do this. Let's kind of jump into the game last night. Again, we're gonna do chalk talk tomorrow. We're gonna we're gonna ride this thing out at least till tomorrow evening, celebrating this win. But let's go back and kind of relive the win through Packers.com. They put a cool video out. Uh, you can find it on their YouTube channel for free. You can find it on their Twitter account for free. Make sure you go give it a like, retweet, all that good stuff. Here we go. That's fun. Here's Love. foot throw. End zone. It is caught for the touchdown. Intercepted back the other way. This will go down as a special moment in Packer history. The youngest team in the NFL, the little team that could take out the Cowboys. I think it was just a great team win tonight. Uh, all three phases were able to step up, and uh, you know when we're playing complimentary ball like that, I think we're tough to beat. There is a different energy about our team. It's so much fun to come to work with these guys every day, and the way they compete and push each other and. Um, you know, I'm just happy for those guys. People can continue to doubt us, but uh, that's fine. We, we love the underdog mentality. We love the underdog approach. What are people going to say next? Let's go, man. Family on three. One, two, three. Bam. It's a result that hardly anyone saw coming, though maybe they should have. The Packers put it all together on Sunday, including a near-perfect performance on offense. You guys ended up with 415 yards of offense. 143 yards rushing, four for four in the red zone, and no turnovers. That's a pretty good offensive game plan, is it not? Uh, yeah, I'd say so. It doesn't matter if the guys don't go out there and execute. And I can't say enough about our players. Certainly our offensive line, I think they're the unsung heroes of the game. We have a lot of guys that can go out there and perform. Throws it back against oh, the grain of the end zone. Oh, Touchdown to It is Romeo Dodds. We knew we were coming down here to win a football game. And despite what everybody said on the outside, that's all it was was noise to us, and I think we proved what we're all about. Love a great video by the social media team, which, by the way, did you guys see the tweet they put out of Good Morning Football where it had the whole panel picking the Cowboys? And, yeah. Yeah, and, and literally, the Packers' Twitter account just quote-tweeted it, right, and just tagged 
at Good Morning Football. Dude, I loved it. I was just like, let's go, man. They've been up in their game big time. You got to give them credit for sure. But uh, watching that that little reel there, first fall, uh, Tim, the, the thing that stood out to me the most, four for four on the red zone, absolutely huge, right? Oh, yeah, clutch. And, you know, it, it's, it was cool to see that uh, Romeo Dobbs touchdown for the 500th time, and you always see something different no matter how many times you watch a play. I mean, and I know we're going to do chalk talk, but, I mean, the, the play action fake – from Jordan Love on that play was a thing of beauty. And that was everything. Um, I didn't realize how nasty he stuck that that fake and ripped that ball out before he before he delivered it. And it's just, you know, to see that was something he struggled with early in the year, right? We were a little out of rhythm. He wasn't selling. Now, now, it, now it looks like a, he looks like a guy who's been doing it, you know, his whole life. And it's just, uh, it's amazing to see how much growth um, – you know, particularly Jordan Love throughout this year, but really this whole team, we've just watched grow up right in front of our eyes, you know, over 18 games. And it's just, uh, it's just really impressive. It really is. Yeah, it's so true, man. Doug in the chat says, I was shocked by the number of snaps uh, some guys on defense take. Owens took 90 defense snaps plus 18 special teams, a total of 108 snaps. That is insanity right there. And it's another reason why I like to take into consideration points per play. You know, I put more stock in points per play than points per game for that very reason, right? Um, obviously, you see how many points they put up, you think, holy cow, man, that's a lot. But then when you look at how many snaps they took, um, you know, it kind of balances out a little bit more. And obviously it's garbage time. It's another reason why it's important to actually watch the game. And I couldn't tell you how many times I've had to respond to people who hit me up about a specific statistic. And I go, but when did that happen in the game? You know, okay, <laughs> if if a quarterback was efficient for three quarters and their defense gave up a bunch of points and then all of a sudden in the fourth quarter they crapped the bed, people look at that fourth quarter and go, man, he had a horrible fourth quarter. He choked. No. The defense was in prevent, and you're trying to score as many points as you can with a limited amount of time. The whole dynamic changes. That's why it's so important to actually watch the game and understand the game flow. Um, it took me forever to realize that because I was just grabbing at straws constantly and realize, hold up, why don't I actually sit down and try to understand when did that happen? Did yep. it have an impact, right? And it's why sometimes people hit me up and go, man, why didn't you show this play on Chalk Talk? Because it was on a drive that didn't even lead to a score. Like, right. You know, it had no no bearing on the game whatsoever, right? So that's why the explosives always make the cut, too, for sure. Uh, Mark in the chat says, AT&T Stadium in the works of a name change. Aaron Jones' house, I love it. Love it. He just dominates down there. And Drew D says, that touchdown to Dobbs was the one OMG throw. But to be honest, I thought Love was mostly just taking what the defense gave him. It's I think that's a very, very, very honest comment, Drew. You look at the stats, right? And you think, man, Jordan balled out. And he did. But you've seen some of those throws, especially to Dobbs over the middle, some lollipop, yeah. where he was just running through the running through the trailer park buck naked, right? I and mean, you have with Musgrave, too, that ball was horribly underthrown. And people say you're nitpicking. Yeah, we are. But I understand what you're saying, Drew. It wasn't – now, there's some throws. Like you said, the Dobbs throw, there was a couple throws underneath, too, that didn't make, it, didn't make the cut on my reel because it didn't lead to a, a specific uh, – there was like a play right after, you know, a 12-yard gain that was more impactful than that 12-yard gain, whether it was to to Wicks or whoever underneath. So, um, yeah, that's kind of how we look at it when we break down the tape and, and go through the game flow aspect. But uh, let's break down one of those plays real quick. You want to, Tim? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> I, <love it. laughs> I never know when to expect it. So uh, let's do this. Let me uh, Let me drop this comment down here. So this was the play to Musgrave, all right? And I tweeted this out. 
earlier today. I said 12 nasty boot left, Yusuf, strike corner, Y Dragon Will, T screen. This play, we're not going to show the video because we'll get hit with a copyright. We'll save that, uh, save that punishment for chalk talk. All right. But I've got the next gen version of this. Okay. So this is the GPS tracking of the play. And this will show you kind of how everything unfolded from the GPS system with next gen stats. All right. So if we roll it back here, let me get it back to the beginning. There we go. All right. So you see the 12 ace nasty set, right? It's a balanced look. Your why, who is the why in this situation? It's 88. It's Musgrave. Why? Because he is closer to the line of scrimmage than Tucker is, even though 80 and nine are on the ball. So that would make, in my opinion, uh, and I'm pretty sure Greg Olson agreed, who's a former Packer tied in, right? Um, or I'm sorry, a former NFL tied in. Musgrave is the why. Tucker Craft would be the U. So if Musgrave is the why, then that means opposite him on the line would be the X. That's Christian Watson. And opposite him would be Bo Melton, right, in the Z. Okay. And again, that was uh, – I've already forgot the play. Let me pull it up one more time. That is 12 nasty. <clears throat> boot left, U sift, strike corner, Y dragon wheel, T screen. There is so many different elements of deception on this play, Tim. First of all, you got the play fake itself, right? What's the strike concept? The strike concept is when on one side of the uh, one side of the line of scrimmage, one side of the ball, I should say, you're going to run a deep route and clear out the safety, and on the opposite side, you're running a crosser underneath. Okay, that's called strike. So that's the strike aspect of that play call. Now you get the boot action. He's going to go boot left and you see the dotted line there, right? Um, that's, that's from uh, our boy uh, Tucker Kraft coming across with the sift. Okay. Now, when you watch this play unfold, I really, really want you to, to key in on Tucker Kraft first. Just, just focus on the play, the, the boot flow here. Okay. See the fake, look at the sift block coming over, look at Tucker, pick him up anchor. If he doesn't do that, then Jordan Love doesn't get this pass off. All right. So let's roll it back now. Let's start back at the beginning. So there's your USIF, right? You see the strike concept. You can see where the routes are going to go. What I mean by dragon wheel is Musgrave is going to run kind of a little mini drag route, and it's really a choice route is what it is. He's going to kind of run a drag across the field like a real short crosser, and then he's going to turn it up into a wheel route, okay? Now what's really cool about this is you get the defense biting one way off the play fake, okay? You're getting the safety cleared out and the strike concept. So if – Jordan Love comes out to the left side and it's completely clean. He's got two options, really three options. He can look to launch it on the deep corner of the strike aspect of Bo Melton, and you can also hit the crosser on Christian Watson. But the third option is he could just run left. Well, the guy did a good job. The defender did a good job getting out there and kind of containing him. So now he comes to the backside, and he's got two options on that side, which is a screen pass to Aaron Jones, or you can throw what we call the dragon wheel, to Musgrave. So as soon as he realizes that they've got underneath technique on uh, underneath leverage on Christian Watson on the crosser, then he's going to look at, he's looking at the safety with both. The safety's playing both just fine and 26 picks him up real nice. Now his eyes go to the right. What really opened this play up was the screen aspect. So you're getting the defense focused on the two fastest guys on the Packers roster as far as their receiving core, probably on their entire roster, I'm sure. We talked about that, didn't we, Tim, going into the week. This is the first time we're going to see Bo Melton and Christian Watson both with 4-3 speed. Yep. On the and a great example of, of the defense having to account for those two, which leads to opportunities elsewhere. Absolutely. What you end up here with is three guys covering two. 
Okay, yep. so you win a hat count there. Now you're manipulating the absolute hell out of the defense with the play fake. But then on top of that, this time key in on Sean Ryan and Josh Myers. Okay, key in on the center and the guard here. Watch them kick out here. See them get out here wide. Yep, they're setting up a screen. They're they're setting us to, to set up what we call the sidewalk. People think when you throw a screen pass, you hit the sideline. That's not how it works. You catch the screen pass, and you get back in on the sidewalk. They're, they're going to kind of set up a wall where you can cut back in, and most of the time you want to aim for the hashes. That's what Brian Bulaga said. But yep. sometimes it gets too far out here that you can't make that happen. But, again, if we roll it back, as the linemen come in, watch number two, okay? First of all, who is going to be covering Musgrave here, right? 14 gets completely frozen on the on the play fake, right? So you see 14's isolated. Two's the only other option because 21 is man coverage on Christian Watson, 26 is on Bo, and one is playing deep safety. So watch number two. What do you think number two seen here right right here, Tim? He sees the offensive lineman pulling. He sees Myers. He goes, screen. Oh, this is a screen. Right out the backside, Musgrave. Bro, beautiful play call. And the other thing I want to point out here really, really quick is – when you watch this screen set up, it's so important to know that they stayed behind the line of scrimmage. If 71 yeah. and 75 get above that blue line, it's ineligible downfield. And if, if uh, Jordan Love throws a pass, then it's a penalty. Just a phenomenal job. Deception all the way across the field. These guys didn't know what the heck was going on. And this play doesn't happen if our boy Tucker Kraft doesn't hold up on that sift block either. So, yeah, and 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 our polling uh, guard, you know, and our center just amazing play, amazing. Guard. And, and you know, I think I got to think for a second that you know, Jordan fully expected this play to work, you know, and get we get somebody open here, like you said. But I think he had that moment where he looked, <laughs> he looked right after going through his progressions and was like, Holy crap! Is he <laughs> and I think that's why he he may be like, you know, a little ball pat and a like, okay. Don't overthrow it. You know what I mean? Yep. And, and and we saw one where, yeah, he's basically out there waiting for the ball. Um, but what a great finish by Musgrave. You know, we all laugh about the post-game comments of he stayed on his feet, but just a way to finish that play, man. Hey, U.S. Cellular customers, I've got good news, so don't hit skip forward just yet. I'm talking about their special customer event, Us Days. What's us days? It means exclusive offers just for their customers, just to say thanks, like up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. No, I didn't just misread that. That's up to $1,200 off. They must really like you. Us days at U.S. Cellular, exclusive offers just for you, just to say thanks. Right now, U.S. Cellular customers get up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. Terms apply. Yeah, absolutely. That was probably my favorite play of the day right there was just a, Just a great play call, great execution. I think they said, if I understood correctly, they called that play the play before Jordan canned out to a run and Matt called it again. So you get the same exact look, right? Or you you, you show them the same exact look. You run the ball, you come out with the same exact look, and then he goes with the original play call. It's just a perfect opportunity to set that up. And when you got someone like Aaron Jones who was just in peak form, you know, running all over that defense – you know, that's that's what's really going to tee it up for you on these play action passes. You got to marry up the run with the pass. And yep. uh, I think last night, too, man, there was a good balance of both. I, I know that we didn't pass very often, but man, was Jordan Love efficient? Absolutely awesome. 
awesome day at the at the ballpark for sure. So I thought it'd be cool to kind of draw that out there a little bit. Um, I've seen it on Next Gen. I, I try to comb through theirs on uh, the day after the game, and we will break it down, obviously, in uh, Chalk Talk tomorrow. But, again, that was 12 nasty boot left, Yusuf, strike corner, wide dragon, wheel, T-screen. And what I said in the tweet was, Coach LaFleur putting crazy stress on man coverage with this concept. If the strike isn't there, peek the Y on your way to the screen. Notice how Ryan and Myers stay behind the line of scrimmage to prevent being flagged for ineligible. And Musgrave was running butt naked through the trailer park. (laughs) Exactly how you draw it up. Now, also on offense, Tim, there's a couple people that stood out here. Rasheed Walker, all we heard about with this pass rush coming into this game, right? Tell you another thing that helps with pass blocking is not having to pass too often, right? You can ask any offensive lineman across the league. You won't find one offensive lineman that if you said, which, which do you enjoy more? Pass blocking or run blocking, every single one of them say run blocking because it's their opportunity to impose their will on their opponent. Pass blocking is just like a roller coaster. It's technical, got to be quick, got to be sound, got to yep. stick to the fundamentals, and you're on your heels, right? And run with a right handed quarterback, that left tackle, that is priority one. You've got to protect. I mean, you're, it is your job to literally watch the back of our franchise. I mean, talk about an important position, right? We talk about tier one positions, right? Yeah, absolutely. And we hope Bakhtiari comes back and at a decent price, we can get that contract straightened out and uh, he's healthy hundred percent. But in the meantime, seventh round pick, man, Rasheed Walker versus the Cowboys, 21 pass blocking snaps, zero sacks allowed, zero pressures allowed. Just an absolute stud. Guys, he had Demarcus Lawrence at times on him, right? Micah moves around a lot, but Micah was – the most I've seen Micah was over the right tackle, which didn't hear his name very often, which really tells you what Zach Tom did on the day. That's but, right. Uh, Rasheed Walker, again, the PF – we're going to go through the PFF grades, but just want to kind of hit on some of these key statistics. He may have a low PFF grade, and if he does, guys, it ain't the end of the world. What it says is they they found fault with some of, uh, some of the plays he had. You know, you can have a bad game and not give up any pressures. That's possible, right? But what else could you ask from a seventh-round left tackle? I mean, my yep. So, um, Jordan Love on uh, passes 10-plus yards down the field, right? Throws that were 10 yards or more down the field versus the Cowboys. He was 8 for 10 or 8 of 10, 216 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, 93.6 PFF grade on throws 10 yards or more down the field, according to PFF Packers on Twitter. And you're probably saying, well, okay, well, Rasheed Walker, you know, he uh, blocked well. Jordan Love was throwing the ball down the field that he can get pressure on him. They got a little bit of pressure on him. Jordan Love under pressure versus the Cowboys. He was pressured seven times. He was five of seven for 152 yards, two touchdowns, and a 90.2 PFF grade. I love it. Dude, that reminds me of Aaron Rodgers on that run to the Super Bowl where he was so good on third down. And just so good under pressure to the point where the next, not not the next year, but two years after that, teams just started playing two man under on him, and he he kind of started to struggle a little bit. But um, you know, same with Aaron. When people blitz Jordan, man, he's just so calm in the pocket. And he's got that fadeaway shot that a lot of quarterbacks don't have. Yeah, um, yeah, just just amazing. You job. know, with, with a lot of young quarterbacks, sometimes it's it's one or the other, right? You get a guy that oh, you know, you give him time back there. And uh, that's exactly what you want. You want him having all day. Please, God, let him throw it. You know, he's not going to make the right decision. 
And then you've got quarterbacks that thrive when there is pressure. It's like, oh, you know, we talk about the Justin Fields scramble factor or, you know, Lamar Jackson, guys that, you know, you pressure them and they seem to just get better. And it's like, then you get guys like Jay Money here who does, he's doing both well. You know, when he's got a clean pocket, he's deadly. And if you hurry him or get pressure, he handles it well. I mean, he's he's peaking at the right time. Um, I don't know if you saw any uh, any of Papa Scoot's tweets uh, today, Clayton, but um, he was dropping some gems on Twitter, too, just talking about, you know, the, the Packers have not peaked yet, and we are just continuing to see this team get better every single week. And uh, this is a testament to that right here, for sure. Jay Money and the boys getting it done. Man, he just he's so so good, man. So good. AFM in the chat said, uh, said it before this game. Jordan Love Dome Factor. He is unbelievable indoors, man. There's no two ways about it. And again, I haven't looked at the weather for San Francisco yet. And I know they play on the outskirts of San Francisco, obviously, but I'd like to know what the weather's looking like because if it's if it's decent weather, uh man, I'm telling you, I I just like the Cowboys game going in. You know, people were talking about getting nervous before the game. I had zero nerves. Yep. It was just like, man, we're playing again. I'm going to say it for the thousandth time. We're playing with the house's money. This team, we're playing our best ball right now. If there's a team, one of these two teams are nervous, it's going to be the Cowboys. And you can bet your rear end that the 49ers are sitting there going, it's got to be in the back of their mind. They know they're the better team. They mm-hmm. know they have the better record. They know they have one of the, one of, if not the most popular coaches in the league. They have all this talent. George Kittle, arguably the best tight end in the league this year with Kelsey having a down year, right? Brock Purdy has just been everyone's sweetheart, right? He just overperformed ever since he got in the league. Christian McCaffrey can do it all. you got Debo Samuel's absolute bulldog. Like, you look all the way across that. On the defensive side, you got, you know, what is it, Fred Warner, right? Playing yep. middle linebacker. You've Nick got uh, your boy Nick Bosa up front. They got to sit back for a second and go, Boys, we can't lay an egg here. Please don't lay an egg. Yeah, because they they also know what we just did to the Cowboys. You know, that's like you talk about it, man. It's all out there now. It's all on tape. They saw it, you know. Um, I think there's some truth, though, to, to Jacob's theory. You know, this team has been chilling in Santa Clara with their feet up, and they've had a week off. You know, yeah, they're well-rested and home field advantage. You know, we've seen that bite teams in the butt. And we've seen lower seeded teams come in and steal a win when you're not you're not in full game speed. You know, we've been back against the wall here for the better part of the last five, six weeks here. So um, it's just going to be an exciting game. I really do think it's going to be great. Yeah, definitely. And uh, Shadid in the chat says, you mean Santa Clara? That's correct. That's why I said outside of San Francisco. Bubba. Um, yeah, Santa Clara is where the 49ers play. I, I remember the old Candlestick Park days, boy. Man. Yeah. And, you know, we got to remember, too, we the California connection is strong with this team. You know, Jay Money's a California kid. Um, you know, shout out to Keyshawn Nixon. He's a California guy. So, uh, you know, these guys aren't, uh, you know, they're not uh, going to be – I don't think our young Packers team is going to be intimidated going into uh, San Francisco at all. I really don't think so. I agree. Ron Sample in the chat says, bad game with no pressures. That's where I have a hard time with PFF sometimes or don't understand, I suppose. It's just, you know, they're they're going to really, really criticize inconsistency, right? And uh, you you get a holding call, it'll tank your grade. 
right? You get, you know, they take penalties very, very serious, which I think I like that. I think that's a good thing. I think it's important. That's something that sometimes doesn't show up in the box score. You know what I'm saying? When you're when you're kind of looking at how the game unfolded, you see the highlights and you don't, you don't I wonder how they kept it close. And then you find out there was eight penalties, right? But yep. uh, look at the PFF offensive grades real quick and see what Rasheed Walker did since we kind of mentioned that. So, yeah, here's a perfect example right here, Ron. I'm going to keep you chatting for just a second. Rasheed Walker, 56 snaps, right? Overall PFF grades a 60.1. Look at his pass blocking grade, 88.3. Really good. But look at the run blocking grade, 48.0. So if you look at the grades all the way across the board, if you just looked at the overall, you'd say 60.1, man, he played bad. It's important to know that he blocked his rear end off, right? So great, great pass blocking game there for uh, Rasheed Walker, horrible run blocking game. And you're going, well, how how is that the case if Aaron Jones, you know, rushes for all those yards and has all that success? That's where you got to sit down and really watch the tape because what you'll notice is Aaron Jones is creating lanes. Aaron Jones will hop over one lane away from where the uh, where the, the the zone run was designed to go, and he's off to the races. And it looks like, man, this offensive line's blocking their tail off. Guarantee you they're sitting in the meeting room going, buddy, what are you doing? You got owned here. <laughs> so just another example of kind of how PFF covers all the bases. And, again, you may say, well, he shouldn't be graded that low. I mean, look at – you know, 88.3 and then a 48 and run block is going to drop them all the way down to a 60. I would rather err on the side of let's make it seem worse than it actually is. That's just my personal opinion. What I don't like is how some people just kind of cherry pick and, and it's some websites, it's some people on, you know, Twitter, it's some of the, uh, the analytics gurus that you'll never, hear, never see them show a next gen stat or a stat that's going to prove them wrong. in one of their takes, they're always trying to find the exact stat that's going to prove them right. Um, I would rather have more information, you know, and in this regard with the, with the run blocking, I think it's important for sure. But um, that's like Josh Myers. People were big on Josh Myers that we were sitting there screaming, this guy is not playing good ball. And it's, well, he, he's top 10 in pass blocking. Okay. Why did you say pass blocking? What about his run block? Oh, okay. He's bottom bottom four in run blocking amongst starting centers. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> that's important. It's very important. So let's run through the grades real quick, Tim, right off the bat, man. I want to get your take on a couple of them up top here. Actually, three of them. We'll go with the top three. Luke Musgrave, only 15 snaps, 93.4. Uh, Romeo Dobbs, 39 snaps, 93.2. Jordan Love, 92.5. And then, of course, Aaron Jones, 89.7. What's crazy is he only played 35 snaps, too. And I know that's a lot for a running back, but with A.J. Dillon out, it felt like he played – 50 snaps last night, Tim. It really did. But um, what do you think about those top four there, man? I mean, they were humming. And, and Zach Tom, too, just throw him in the mix there, too, at an 83.9. You know, it's it's really cool to see that, you know, just two real tough SOBs up there at the top. You know, Luke Luke Musgrave, man, you know, coming coming back off of injury. Welcome back, you know, 93.4 PFF grade. And uh, certainly made major contributions in this game. And, I mean, Romeo Dobbs, after that scare last week and, little bit of unknown throughout the week. This guy just comes out and balls out like he, you know, doesn't miss a beat. And, you know, Jordan Love, man, I, I don't need to say nothing anymore. I've been, I've been, I've been banging the Jordan Love drum since, you know, at least the last two seasons for sure. Um, so this is uh, not surprising to me. And uh, when you look at Showtime 33, man, you talk about, yeah, 35 snaps, man. You know, <laughs> I've said myself numerous times that we have to watch, you know, his workload, <laughs> the hell with that. 
give him the ball. <laughs> he's playing big boy football right now. And uh, he, he's doing exactly what he, what he's here to do, which is be a leader on this team and put it on his back. And we know that we're a little thin in the running back room, you know, being down AJ Dillon, you know, that's a, a compliment to, to Aaron Jones out there. And, you know, yeah, we got a little bit of contributions from Patrick Taylor and, um, you know, E. Wilson as well. Uh, but Aaron Jones was absolutely huge for us, and he's going to have to continue to be for us to have success. You know, it's it's not, you know, not a coincidence that when he's getting his touches and he's got those wheels moving that our offense is, is that much better. And, um, you know, last night just proved it. Absolutely. Definitely. Uh, Andy in the chat says, and we got Jacob joining us now uh, here live. So Jacob, you are on the air. We just can't see you because of the uh, screenshot. Don't you dare say any, anything inappropriate. All right. Andy uh, in the chat says, did y'all see the NFL film snippet? They released Jaden telling Aaron Jones that he wants to block for him. Made me ready to run through a wall. I haven't seen that yet. Jacob. Oh Tim, man, that is, that is great. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. I, I don't know if it was Andy Herman that tweeted it. Um, but yeah, NFL films, um, uh, did, uh, I believe it was NFL total access did, a a, a snippet of that. And it was, um, you know, hot mic on the sideline. And, uh, it was just Jaden Reed talking to, to Aaron Jones, telling him, man, you're, you're someone I, you know, I want to play for you make us want to play for you. And, you know, I feel, I feel terrible. Well, I'll, I'll edit this. He cursed, but he said, I feel like expletive when I don't hit my block. You know, I feel so bad when I don't hit my block. I want to, want to hit that block for you. Uh, you make us better. And it's just like, you know, we talk about what that what that means and says about Aaron Jones as a leader. But, man, it also tells us a lot about Jaden Reed as a rookie, having the right attitude and presence of mind on that sideline and on that field. Um, you know, we've talked all year about him not playing like your typical rookie receiver. And uh, you hear an exchange like that on the sideline, man, where you've got the, you know, you've got the veteran and the, the young rookie here clicking. I mean, watch out for the Green Bay Packers, guys. I'm telling you. I love it, man. Pa Paul Afam and Eric Sutherland are like the three class clowns in here, and I absolutely uh, I'm here for it. I'm just telling you. Afam says Paul will run through a wall for three donuts for free donuts and a coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Paul will come back. With <laughs> Paul comes back and says, "I prefer to sit." Afam, <laughs> there you go. All right, so the rest of these PFF grades. First of all, Jacob, let, let's just get your take on it, man. We just pulled them up. We kind of went through the top five. Ben Sims, man. We got to figure out a way to bring him back. He has just been so steady all year long. What a great pickup by Goody off the trash heap there. Uh, he came in at a 75.1. And of course, Dontavian Wick, 73.3. And then Emmanuel Wilson, 70.8. Jacob, what do you think about these PFF grades, man? Do you agree with these? Anything you disagree with? Um, I mean, Tucker Craft down there at 47 and a half. Like, come on, man. Give that guy some love. I, I don't like that at all. But, um, <laughs> it's very nice to see Luke Musgrave up there at the top. I mean, he, he didn't have that many snaps. I believe it's yeah, 15 total. Romeo, you knew he had to uh, he had to come out and, and, and score correctly. Jordan Love, obviously Aaron Jones, obviously it's great to see Zach Tom. And uh, yeah, man, Van Sims, he is basically the opposite of oh god, who's the I can't even remember anymore. Who's the four string tight end that I always had my Tyler, Tyler Davis. Davis? Oh, thank you. <laughs> Tyler, um, Mr. Siftelmout Davis. And, yeah. you know, I as it's progressed, it's not that I don't like the guy personally or anything like that. I never want that to seem like, you know, when I'm hating on a guy. But Ben Sims, that's a guy that um came in here and he, he he's just played football, man. He's playing good, solid, mm -hmm. 
good football. I mean, 75.1, that's that's nothing to shake a stick at. And, and he's so stable every week, Jacob. Every yeah, week he's, he's, he's doing it consistently. It's not like it's just one flash in the pan kind of thing. Um, I would like to see a little bit more. Hey, Sean Clifford in there. What? Straight average. Nice job, Sean. Uh, Rasheed Walker, that one is a little bit, you know, suspect. But you look at his pass block rating and you're like, what? How? How does... How is that a thing? Anyways, John Runyon Jr. I hate the fact that we might have to replace John Runyon Jr., but he is making a late surge, at least the the past blocking era here. Uh, 81.9 there. That one's cool. Emmanuel Wilson, a guy that didn't have to do much, but it's cool that he, he graded out. I, all in all, I'm just I'm really excited about this team. Man. Yeah. And think about Tucker Craft. Like when you turn on the tape, what did you see from Tucker Craft? Tim, we talked about it. He dropped his first pass of the year, right? Yeah. So drop a first pass. Ever. Also, what else? Remember what I just said? They'll drop your grade significantly. Remember the Hogan call on the stretch, yep. the outside stretch yep. with Jonesy? And then also the play that we just showed, right, of the, uh, you know, the 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 boot left, the U-sift, all that stuff. On that play, what did Tucker do? He blocked his arse off and gave Jordan Love time to get that ball back over to the Y, right? Well, what's his pass blocking grade? 74.1. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I understand why people, they'll just see the grade on the surface and they go, oh, well, that PFF's garbage. I, every time I turn on the tape, I, when I watch the tape, when I watch the box cam on the line, when I watch the all 22 with the secondary and the receivers, when you key in on the quarterback, never do I come away going, PFF got that one wrong. It's almost always I go, I'll be darned, yeah. I didn't. I, I thought he would have graded out higher than that, but you watch the tape, and there it is. So, um, I'm not saying it's perfect. I'm just saying it's really cool because it got criticized hardcore the last two years, and now you see it really settling down. People are starting to embrace it. I just think it's another tool. That's all it is. But as far as the rest of the grades that stood out to me, um, you know, our boy Sean Clifford. Three. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, let's see here, Rasheed Walker. Like, oh, we we're gonna give him some. Machine <laughs> Walker with that great, that elite pass blocking grade, but a uh, really, really bad run blocking grade. Elton Jenkins, man, he's having a down year. He really is. Um, you know, I pulled some stats the other day. I didn't share them with anybody. I didn't have time to share them on the pod. But I pulled up the blown block percentage, and uh, Elton Jenkins was pretty darn high, if I remember correctly. I want to say it was either him or it was – was it him or – it was either him or Zach Tom, and it kind of surprised me. I think it was Elton. I was just like, man, he's kind of having a down year. But again, man, he's you know trying to get his feet under him from that injury and all that good stuff. So, um, you know, it is what it is. Josiah DeGuara, God love him, man. He's just uh, he's just never been able to put it together. There's no doubt about that. Christian Watson's first game back. You guys seen the effect he had that play we just broke down? Yeah, him stretching the field all day long, and Jaden Reed coming out and talking about that too. I think it was Jaden Reed in the locker room came out and mentioned that he said. Uh, something along the lines of he does so much to give us more opportunities by stretching the field. The defense has to respect him and his speed, you know, so. You can uh, see it on that Wicks tutter too. You know, Scoot drew like, I believe it was double or triple coverage. A lot, lot of attention going his way, opening mm -hmm. up things, you know, across the field. Definitely. Were you going to say something, Jacob? No, I just said I think it was triple coverage. Like that's how much they respect him and fear him. Yeah. And yep. if you got a group of guys like this. I mean, dude. Who are you going to cover? Who are you going to guard? If you throw in the two tight ends, it's a freaking – go ahead. You're going to be – if you're a defensive coordinator trying to go against the Packers, you're not sleeping well at night. Right. That's right. Tampa Bay is up 10 to nothing over the Eagles right now. So, uh, And it's uh, five minutes and 34 seconds left in the first quarter. looks like 
Uh, okay, there. Diaby, I think is how you say his name, is down right now. A rookie looks like a rookie linebacker, maybe edge rusher is down on the ground right now. So anyway, we'll keep you guys posted on that. Uh, Buccaneers looking looking good for them to try to upset the Eagles. Of course, we know Jalen Hurts has got that that finger wrapped up, if I remember correctly. So uh, I know that y'all want to talk a little Jair. Is that cool with y'all? <laughs> tell you, pack is back. <laughs> Here we go. Jair Alexander versus the Cowboys. This is – listen, this picture right here, as they say in the streets, it goes hard in the paint. Look, look, at, look at that, man, sleeved out with the tats. Look at him staring the quarterback down. I love it, dude. Absolutely love it. Great shot there. But anyway, Jair Alexander versus the Cowboys, 32 coverage snaps, two receptions allowed for 25 yards, an interception, and the passer rating allowed when targeted was 52.8. Huh? Took it down. Strap City. Strap City, man. Hey, listen, I like his demeanor afterwards, too. I don't want to say the reporter's name, but I don't know if you guys have seen it, but there was an interaction after the game, or maybe it was today. Or, did you did you see it, Jacob? Uh, is it Robbie? Damn yeah. it, Jacob. What is wrong with you? <laughs> it's Rob. It's Rob. Rob. Look, you guys know Rob Domofsky last week. And, and listen, I don't hate Rob. I know a lot of people do. I don't. Um, I don't know him, first of all. But anyway, last week him. he said Jair is a weird dude, right? And he's. I think he even referred to him as being selfish. He asked a question uh, to Jair, I guess it was either after the game or today, and he looks over at him. And you can tell Jair stared a freaking hole through him. And then he went, I don't know, and looked away. <laughs> I was like, oh, Lord. He, uh, yeah, they're reading what they're writing. I promise you that. I, hey, I'm sorry, man. If you're going to be, if you're going to, I'm sorry. I, if you're going to sit there and start getting on your pedestal, being, ooh, this is this, this, this I'm sorry. You're going to get some fire back, dude. Like, yeah. you, you got to not, and I'm, whatever. I, I want to be as, um, like this whole PTA thing, right? This is all about being a, a, a group of Packer fans that don't hate on each other. We want to learn. That's like the whole goal message of what mean Clayton Clayton's whole mission mission statement. If I, if I could speak for you and I, I hope I don't misspeak. It's like, we want Packer fans to be more educated Packer fans. We invite conflict. If it means that the result of that conflict is that we all grow as a Packer fan base. We want to understand the knowledge, the concepts, the, all that kind of stuff. So, like, <clears throat> if you're one of those guys that's just a commentator's that all they want to do is fucking – oh, jeez. I'm sorry. If we they have, wanna, we, hold up, hold up. We have gone for two years now. Oh, the F-bomb has not been dropped yet. I want to give uh, – you got to give it to him, Tim. Give him one of those. Real sorry, quick. bro. <laughs> <laughs> Roadhouse. I was actually going for this one right here, as a matter of fact. <laughs> Hey, but let's be real. Hold on. You think God never farted? <laughs> We're grown adults here, okay? So uh, I'm sorry, but if you're going to throw that shade and you don't expect anything to come out. they throw that SHIT. <laughs> <laughs> bottom line, bottom line, John looked over at Bobby Boy and said, Who do you think you are? I am. Hello. Jake, That's listen. Not it's, not, no, it's not a big deal at all. Every episode, I mark it not safe for children for that very reason. Because you know what? Oh, no. This whole time, I've expected me to slip up on the old effort. I promise you. So, um, it's all good, man. Go ahead. Continue. That's what she said. 
sorry. Tim, we're, we're gonna we're gonna revoke your privileges, Tim. Huh? Take it down. Oh, <laughs> He's out of control. All right. Yeah. So anyway, he did uh like Doug said in the chat. <laughs> Gave him the evil side eye. It was a thing of beauty, I agree. Um, so let's see if we can get this. <laughs> Eric. Look at Bob with the super chat. Got hey, there the it is. It. <laughs> yeah, here we go. Oh, I hate you, Tim. Please, please don't encourage this, Boz. Oh, boy. Don't. <laughs> um, all right. Yeah. Uh, see, this right here, as I was sitting here worried about you dropping the F-bomb, the only person I was thinking of was Carly, like, oh, gosh, is her kids around? She just she just uh, uh, commented here in the chat, says, just poured into my driveway, and I'm over here dying laughing. So <laughs> thank you, Carly, for forgiving me. Can you me. highlight Eric's? Uh, Tim, can you highlight Eric's comment? Be careful with Eric's now. No, it's it's okay. <laughs> I said my kids are scared for their life. Thanks, Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> look at look at this guy. Look at Eric. He looks like every like former veteran I've ever met. Right? Looks like he could twist oh. someone's head off their shoulders. Right? Got the just the perfect beard, the old gray beard. There's so much knowledge in that beard. And he's over here saying his kids are scared for their life. Get it, get away from me. You're kidding me, Eric. You look like 99% of my dad's biker buddies when I was growing up. You kids ain't worried. Uh United Base, cheers to Jacob. Cheers to right, guys, I'm sorry. I didn't mean for this to get us money. <laughs> hey, well, Jacob, if you feel the need, drop another one. All right. Now Jake Shavink says every F bomb should result in a timeout. Listening to here we go for 10 straight minutes. I will never swear again in my life. I promise you. <laughs> it's you better sure than about that. that? <laughs> you sure about that? I am. <laughs> this is people are going, What is up? This show is usually not this goofy. Well, this is what happens when you're seven point underdogs and you go out and absolutely boat race the Cowboys. All right. We, uh, <laughs> we don't know how to act. It's just the way it is. So, um, <laughs> yeah, gray matter in the chat says professionalism totally absent. I don't know if professionalism was ever present, but um, it's definitely absent today. There's no doubt about that. Darnell Savage, PFF gray guys. I would like to take this second while Jacob is over there. Cussing like a sailor, I would like to take this second to publicly apologize to Mr. Darnell Savage. Biggest game of the year, man. Biggest game of the year, and this dude stepped up. I mean, 56 coverage snaps, two receptions allowed for seven yards, and a 64-yard pick six touchdown. I read down with it. It was 64 Give him another yards. seven million. That was 64 yards. I thought it was like a 20-yard. I don't know why. I didn't think it was 64, but, man. Just an excellent day at the office. Let's go through the PFF grades. Let's hit it. Right at the top of the list, 79 snaps. We've got Darnell Savage at a 92.1. His tackle grade is what I'm most excited about, 83.7. Coverage grade, 90.8. Run defense, 68.0. Jair Alexander, 82.8. Jair is continuing to – his PFF grade is raising every time he's on the field. Like I said, he had a good game against the Rams. Tweaked that injury, got hurt, what have you. Last week, I think he graded out 73. This week, 82.8. Man, he's peaking at the right time, guys, especially going deep into the playoffs like this. Keyshawn Nixon, I'll say it again. Keyshawn Nixon, 71.0, had 89 snaps. Pass rush grade, though, 78.6. We're breaking that one down on Chalk Talk tomorrow, and it was a blast, man. He No hesitation. When he was playing that spot drop and Dak rolled right, he's like, oh, yeah? But do you think I don't know that every one of your targets are on the opposite side of the field? Come here, boy. 
Here we go. I love it. <laughs> Probably my favorite play on defense of the entire day, including the pick six. Uh, just seeing Keyshawn with no hesitation there. Uh, tackle grade 69.3. Anthony Johnson Jr., 23 snaps, 64.3. Tim, that's an improvement, man. When a rookie grades in the 60s, you guys know when, when we see a rookie grade out in the 60s, we think, okay, they can play at this level. That's usually a pretty good sign that they're going to be a decent pro. Now, he hasn't done that often this year, if I remember correctly. But a good game there from Anthony Johnson Jr. with 23 snaps. Robert Rochelle filling in just five snaps, 64.1. Devondre Campbell, 64.0. Far cry from where he was two years ago, but obviously still nursing the injuries. And uh, good to see him kind of toward the top of the list here. Carl Brooks is just a guy that's got to get more snaps. How many did he get? 45. Okay, here we go. Here we go. He got 45, and Devontae White only got 50. So you're starting to see, right, those – remember what I said last week, Tim? Like, I want to see them kind of even those snap counts out. I want to see them give Carl Brooks more opportunities. Maybe his PFF grade would lower. Maybe we'd see him gassed and he wouldn't – you know what I'm saying? He wouldn't perform as, as well. But uh, there's no doubt about it, man. He's given more snaps. He's still right up there toward the top in the top ten for the defense. So I'd love to see um, it. Go ahead, run down it, Tim. Anything else you want to hit on there, buddy? Yeah, I think the the thing that really stands out to me was uh, with Ja going down, um, Corey Ballantyne, man, stepping in and really, really solid game. Um, you know, I'm looking at the coverage grades here with our secondary. Um, some left, some to be desired, but really good game from our from our past defenders, man. Um, Carrington Ballantyne, too. Um, you know, overall, again, look at the overall grade and then look at some of the specifics here. You know, he was pretty good, uh, pretty good with the run. He had a high tackle grade and, you know, his coverage was, you know, high fifties. We'll take it. I mean, these guys didn't create liabilities back there in the secondary at all. Um, It was just great. And uh, Anthony Johnson Jr. I like what you said. Yeah. We're seeing improvement um, from him as of late as he's getting a little bit more, uh, uh, snaps here you know us being down rudy ford and a uh, little thin back there at safety so um what a game though for darnell savage to step up man i mean that's just phenomenal and uh you know like we said pregame we got good we got good looks from uh john money and uh and k9 man Keyshawn nixon just unbelievable yeah and jim in the chat says good coverage until matt lafleur threw in the towel it's a good point drew d pointed yeah. out too keep in mind the backup db coverage uh grades were clouded by about 200 yards of garbage time yards. So keep that in yep. mind. They started kind of going vanilla there and just saying, all right, we're not going to tip our hand on anything. We're going to play the clock. And, uh, yeah. So, uh, Jacob, anything here on this list you want to hit on real quick, Bob? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just kind of basic math. If you look at 22 guys that are graded, if you look at the top 11, we have, I believe it's seven. Yeah, seven guys that graded above what you'd call, quote, unquote, decent, and four that were below. I'd argue that probably if you look at every single game that we've played, there's probably a similar uh, schematic, you know, reading of like whether or not the defense came to play or not. And we win games when the defense comes to plays and we have an offense like we do. I would think that Lucas Finesse would have graded out a little bit better. I don't understand quite. I I didn't watch him, you know, Uh, but it's encouraging. Like you talked about Carl Brooks up there, man. He's up there. Uh, Devondre coming back from him having a little bit of a, I don't want to say an off time of the year, but he was dealing with injuries. You know what I mean? So that's that's understandable. Um, <clears throat> I do like the fact that Keyshawn's up as high as he is, and it's just great to see Darnell Savage finally. Dude, that's that 92.1, that's why you got drafted in the first round. That's why we give you an extension. That's why we thought you could be the player you could be. 
Um, so it's good to see him actually take that to fruition. Definitely. Carly Ray in the chat said, really curious, what was Dak's PFF grade for this Ooh. game? I pulled it up real quick, and Dak Prescott graded out as a 62.2. But, but keep in mind, though, his running grade was 74.9 on those scrambles. So his passing grade was 58.1. They made yeah, Dak. There we go. <laughs> they made Dak, who was an MVP candidate, look like an absolute scrub yesterday. And I'll tell you, when I say they, it doesn't just mean the defense. It also means Matt LaFleur because they put that guy on his heels right off the bat. Matt LaFleur, man, I, I'm, I've been watching football for a long time. McCarthy was a heck of a play caller, man. But with the creativity, you know, like Mike McCarthy used to call what we call ISO plays. He would come out and go, my guys are better than yours. Let's create a matchup and just let our guys win the one-on-one matchup. What LaFleur's doing is he's – I mean, he is playing chess. And here of lately, those defensive coordinators are playing checkers. I mean, there's yeah. just no no doubt about it. I love how he showed respect to – uh, to, uh, to uh, gosh, what's his name? Dan Quinn going into that week and how, man, he gave me my first coaching opportunity or one of my first coaching opportunities, and I have so much respect for him. Then he just went out there and absolutely embarrassed the guy. Like, <laughs> I, I love it. Absolutely love it. Uh, let's see here. Shadid in the chat said Dax QBR was 43.4. So 43.4. There it is. So those are your defensive PFF grades. Let's key in on Kenny Clark real quick. 48 snaps, 60.1. But I, I came away going, okay, run defense, 62.2. Tackle grade, 69.6, right? Pass rush, only 65.1. It was like he was rushing uh, under control. I'm going to show you guys a couple of snaps here, okay? And I think it was Ben Fennell that actually tweeted this out, this video. It's just two snaps. Look at Kenny in the middle. What do you notice right off the bat? He's playing nose, okay? So in this 34 jam, they had been putting TJ Slayton at the nose, meaning he was going to be closest to center in that 34 jam. Um, actually, this might have been the nickel 245 because they got Van Ness with his uh, with his uh, hand in the ground there, and he's playing kind of a five. This probably was a nickel 245, but nonetheless, he's still playing nose. See how he's playing over top of the center? He's playing what we would refer to as a shade technique. Some would refer to it as one. I feel like he's on the what we would call zero eye look. So roll the tape. Watch what he does to this, this offensive line. Get off of me. Just see how patient he was right there against the run. Look at look how he's he's controlling two gaps, too. Watch him. He's controlling two gaps on both sides, right? A gap on each side. Look at that. Just a freaking beautiful play there. Now look well, at this. We talked about he needed to improve in the run, in the run fits, and we're seeing it. Yet another player getting better. Absolutely. Here you are on another uh, pass rush. This is a pass rush snap here. Where is he playing? He's closest to the center, right? Right here he's playing what we call a one tech. For those of you listening don't know what I'm talking about here, if you line up directly over the center, that's called a zero tech. If you're lined up directly over one of the guards, that's called a two tech. You're lined up directly across from the tackles, that's called a four tech. Everything in between are the odd numbers. So think if you're lined up head up on a player, it's even numbers, zero, twos, and fours. And if you're in the gaps in between, then in between the guard and the center is the one technique. In between the guard and the tackle is what we refer to as the three technique. If you're on the inside shoulder of a player, that meaning if you're splitting half a body there, right? If you're if you're kind of lined up, and some would look at this and say, well, he's kind of playing a, a two eye here. 
I disagree. I would say that's more of a one tech than a two eye. But if you're over top of that guard, but you're playing his inside shoulder, you would refer to that as a two eye. If you're over top of the tackle, but playing the inside shoulder, you would refer to that as a four eye. So right here, you're playing kind of a one tech, and he would technically be the nose if there was a nose in a nickel two four five. And uh, I, I think he kind of fits that role a little bit better. But uh, let's watch the tape here. I think this is a punch, pull, and rip, or a punch, pull, and swim. Watch how quick. Pull, yeah, it's a swim. Was that sick or what? Watch it again. Watch him punch, punch, see the punch, pull, and watch him swim over with his right arm. Almost gets a hand on that ball, too. It's the reason that I don't know what the result of that play was, but I guarantee it wasn't good. Watch Dak. He's like, oh, crap. (laughs) You see how he had to release it, too? Look how he had to release the ball really high, right? Absolutely. Like a little lob throw. Pressure pick, coverage sack. Amen. Amen. You're preaching to the choir, Tim. I love it, dude. God, I love this sport. It's so much fun to – when you start learning how things operate, man, it's just just amazing. It really is. Let's make sure we're not missing any super chats. We're good, right? Yeah, we're good to go. All right, cool. Um, If you got any marked, hit them, Tim. It's totally cool. But, uh, yeah, there you go. That's a good point by Jake Shavink. I said that, and we both tried to – yep, you hit it. Jake Shavink <laughs> in the chat said, against Hall of Famer Zach Martin, too. Sheesh. Let's go back to it one time, as Jake Shavink pointed out. Zach Martin is going to be on the second play, right? He's the guard. Let's watch it one more time. I'll probably get hit with a copyright. I don't care at this point. Number 70, right, Jake? Confirm for me. I'm pretty sure that's him. Zach Martin from Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Hall of Fame guard. Get off me, boy. Woo! I, we need to get this framed right here. Look look at him right here. It looks like he's uh, – what are you looking at, Zach? What are we like, doing? Oh, what are he, they he doing? Stunned him. He got hey. stunned. <laughs> he had to grab his freaking center just to stay put. Look at him. That's, that's yeah, cool. I don't like where he grabbed him either. I'm just saying. I'm not I'm saying. Just saying. 65%. 65%. Sorry, man. <laughs> 60, 65% of the time, that'll land you in the clink right there grabbing another man's crotch. I'm just saying, <laughs> man. so, all right, there you go. Um, and he was just going full throttle, man. Exactly. exactly. All right. PFF weekly grade. Let's see what this team's doing here of lately. We're talking about this run they're on, right? Here's what's crazy. They played really good, didn't they? According to PFF, this wasn't their best game. As a matter of fact, according to PFF, yesterday was only their, let's see, their one, two, three, four, fifth best game of the year. Now, offensively, 87.4. First of all, overall grade was a 78.4 is what I mean by that. Offensively, though, 87.5, I believe, yes, that was their highest graded offensive game of the entire season. Passing grade, 91.8. That was their highest passing grade of the year. What's crazy is Jordan Love has graded out in the 90s, and I say Jordan Love because we know he's – that's another thing, too, we take – we don't even talk about is how this dude never misses a snap. Like, he is yep. so durable. The way he recoils like Brett did, right, uh, when he when he's taking a hit and letting the ball go. But anyway, four games this year that we've had a passing grade of over 90. The last three games have been over 90, which no surprise. We've talked about how he's carried the carried the team on his back, dude. Also, sorry, also the, the best receiving grade by far, by five points okay. for the season. That's crazy. Yep. 89.3, the best, uh, the second best was 84.2 against the Vikings. You're right, Jacob. Good eye there. Pass blocking, 69.0. So it wasn't even, you know, wasn't even a, a very good pass blocking day. But lo and behold, <laughs> Jordan was just 
fade away and uh, and uh, and hitting the receivers. So just just an awesome day. Run grade eighty point one. Run third, blocking fifty eight point three. What is it? No, that's the third best. I mean, we had a the game. We I don't think the people can understand when uh, Ryan broke it down this morning on his podcast. Statistically, with DVOA and all of the analytics, this was up there with. This wasn't just a good performance. This was one of the best, if not the best performances in playoff history for Packers football. This is up there with Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre's elite grades. Elite grades. I'm not talking like good grades. Elite. This is insane, what we saw. Yeah, run blocking is the only eyesore, but it's kind of like what Jake said earlier in the chat too, though. That's that's the Green Bay way. We're going to draft for pass blocking, and we'll figure the run blocking out, right? And that's just the way it is in Green Bay. But fifty-eight point three. That's really the only the only bad aspect of the offense. I mean, you get on the defense, it was kind of a tough day. Sixty-four point eight. What's crazy is if we hadn't called the dogs off, right, and we'd stuck to the game plan, there's a good chance that we hold them to seventeen points, even with these bad PFF grades. Now, is the PFF grades like Drew was saying that we kind of took our foot off the throttle, right, and they, they came back that probably lowered the grades. That could have been the case. But nonetheless, 64.8 defensive grade, 65.9 run defense, 82.9 tackle grade. When this team tackles, man, I'm telling you, they play well. Like, look at, look at the last time that they graded out in the 80s in tackles. It was against the L.A. Rams, and we won that game 20-3. to Oh, by the way, the L.A. Rams that just took the Detroit Lions to the wire last night, right? Um you had the Vegas game, 88.5. That was a little bit of an outlier. You lose by four there for sure. So uh, pass rush, 53.4. Coverage grade, 71.8. Special teams grade, a 63.2. I agree, Paul. The tackling has approved. It seems like uh, here lately. What's it look like here? Yeah, so this game, 82.9. Last week, 70.3. The week before, 40, 48.1. That was bad. Last two weeks, though, man, they're – they're kind of uh, ramping up at the right time. For sure. You're going to need that tackle grade against San Fran, boys. They love to run the ball, and they they do it very, very creatively. So, uh, man, we're over the hour mark. We went over. I apologize, guys. Let's uh, let's get ready to wrap this big bear up. What do you guys got? Let's go around the horn. Tim? I'm with too old for this. Nobody on this team is playing for themselves, and that's why we are where we are. Um, so true, man. So true. Hit it right on the head there. Um, you know, can't say enough about this young team. They're not they're not playing like a bunch of rookies and second year players, man. And um, you know, it, it does. It comes down to leadership. Uh, it really does. And um, you know, you're seeing leadership come in varying forms on this team. We see it from the little bit of veteran presence that we have, but we're also seeing young players step up uh and embrace that role too and lead by example and be willing to do the, you know, the small things that really matter so much, especially when we talk about some of this pass protection and and run blocking uh by committee with our tight ends and our receivers. And, um, you know, it was a great team win. We, we said that going into the game, you know, uh, we had a couple of stars, of course, some standout players in a victory, but we got contributions across the board from everyone. And, uh, you know, PFF grades are great for one thing, but, um, it doesn't always tell us the, the entire story out there. Um, Hmm. and, uh, it's just really good to see this team playing for each other, uh, spot on. Definitely. Tim, I think the feds just bugged your mic, man. We heard a little buzz there. So, uh, Oh, no. I think they're on you, dude. All right. Hey, 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 hey. That's just the way we talk in the clink. <laughs> Ryan Henson in the chat said, uh, Jaden Reed acts like a 10-year vet. It's so yep. true, man. Yep. And you can see it from the jump, too. Like I said, early in the year, team struggling. 
didn't point any fingers, tried to pull the guys together at his locker, like, hey, let's figure this thing out. Um, he's arguably the best receiver on the team, but Romeo Dobbs this week said, hold on a minute, young whippersnapper. Um, yep. We're seeing a man coverage heavy team this week, and I'm going to show you all how to beat that. It, it, remember what we talked about? Romeo's the the ultimate man coverage beater, right? And we talked about Jaden Reed and Dontavian Wicks will kind of drop off. They were really good against zone. It's huge. It's huge to have players like that. And yep. know, okay, when we go into a man coverage heavy team, then we've got our guys that can beat that coverage. When we go into a zone heavy team, let's really try to highlight what they do in Dontavian Wicks and Jaden Reed. And uh, I think Tucker Craft was another one that was really good. Tucker was oh, good. Milton. Yeah, both. Well, Melton as well. You heard Matt LaFleur talk very highly about Malik Heath, um, yeah. saying that, hey, we had to make a decision. You know, we had to sit Malik this week, but he understands, you know, it, it's a more of a scheme and game plan kind of approach. And, um, you know, another rookie player that's got his head on straight. And I'm sure Malik Heath had no problems um, taking a seat this week. And and who knows what's going to happen down uh, down in Santa Clara. You know, for all we know, he he gets the nod this time. We We don't know, but that's uh, it's what happens when you play for each other, man. You know, you don't care about the individual crap. You care about your team being successful. And if that means you need to step back or step up, you got to be willing to do both. And uh, it's just good to see that out of these young guys. Yeah. Eric Sutherland in the chat says that Dallas beat down almost as glorious as Jacobs just for men beard. You call me anything you want, but don't call me that. Jacob, final thoughts. Buddy. I got, got so got much gray in here, man. Come on, Eric. Poking the bear. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, it, it, like Tim just talked about, this team, it's just, it's incredible to see how gelled together they are. And the fact that they're still so young. We are literally making leaps and bounds every week, and we're seeing it. And it makes sense if you think about it rationally in your head. We had a team that was just a bunch of 23, 24, 22-year-old guys with a couple of vets peppered in there. It took about until maybe halfway through the season before everybody started being like, okay, now this is how we work together. This is how we do. And since that time, we have statistically one of the best offenses in the National Football League's history. Our quarterback is doing things that people did not think was possible. And I'm talking quarterbacks like Mahomes, Rodgers, whatever name you want to listen there. <clears throat> He's right up there. We also have a running back that now has been four games straight, if I'm not mistaken, that is looking like Adrian Peterson in his freaking prime. The guy just scored three touchdowns. He's averaging over six yards of carry, whatever it is, for the last four weeks. He's got 115, whatever. We have five to six wide receivers to the point we can sit one, and that could be a starter on other teams, granted. With this, this team, we have two tight ends that are so good as rookies that it defies the odds and that they are so confident in, in, in opposite spectrums like Tucker Craft. And Musgrave are so, like, different kind of guys, but they're both exactly what this team needs. If this defense can stick together, if this defense can actually, like, really just be a top 15 defense, I think that our offense is so good, and I think that nobody in this league right now, even the freaking 49ers, I don't think they can touch us. If we come out strong, if we come out fast, I don't think that they can they can touch us. I just I really don't. And I'm uh-huh. – I'm so excited to just be a part of this. I'm so excited to share this with you guys. Um, this year has been such a roller coaster for me emotionally, being a Packer fan, but just being able to share it with all of you guys in the chat, being able to watch guys like AFM and Paul and 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 Eric and Murph and all these guys. Just this has been so amazing, man. It's it. it I, I blessed beyond I can 
even describe it and i thank you guys all for that it's just i keep wanting this ride to go further and further so let's go man i'm i'm, yeah. I'm pumped carly ray said you mean quote quit poking the beard i like it <laughs> yeah a lot of beard conversation in here tonight she said murph says cousin jacob feared a beard yeah love, playoff, baby playoff beard. beard yeah we got uh how do you say that name jacob just my just my just my cool profile pick too man my yeah. guy Go Packers it. from Brazil. I love it. Love it. And then AFAM says Eric dyes his beard uh, gray to help him look more distinguished. <laughs> Good luck with that, Eric. It ain't working. You know, no, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. 2 0 for this says my prediction was 69 to 17. I would have been right if we didn't pull our starters too early. <laughs> that is a fact. But, uh, all right. We're out of here, guys. Appreciate everybody's time. This was a lot of fun. Uh, let's get a uh, special shout out to Boz. Thank you for the super chat. United Bates, thank you to the super chat. Thank you, Jacob, for dropping the F bomb that got the super chats. We appreciate you contributing to the show. Sorry. If you guys would scan that QR code in the upper right, that'll send you to Packernet Podcast, where you can find this show in podcast form as well as others, including Ryan Slips, Packernet Podcast, his uh, Packernet After Dark, the call in show. Uh, where you, as fans of Packernet, can call in, leave a voicemail, and he will uh, respond to your message. And uh, you can actually drop F bombs on there. He will beep them out. I highly recommend you drop F bombs because it makes <laughs> actually, him work harder. It makes him work harder. Jacob will be calling in tonight. <laughs> oh, I'm doing it. Also, thank you, United Bates. You're one of the best OGs, too. You're, you're the best, man. Yeah, dude. We got to get him a mug, too. He's been gifting so many people things. We got to get him an OG mug, too. Got to, for sure, man. We got a good crew, man. We're uh, we're blessed. There's no doubt about it. So, all right, let's get out of here again. Thank you all for the super chats. For those of you listening on the pod, thank you for making us a part of your day. We will see you all tomorrow morning for Good Morning Lambo. One more time. Let's hit it. Here to tell you, Pack is back. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world and go Pack go. The power sweep. Actually, it's the it's the lead play in our in our offense. Yes, a YN or a tight end to open up somewhere between six feet and nine feet to get an isolation with the with the linebacker. You tell the tackle to take the defensive end if he's open, if he's not, to drive down on the first man to his inside. If the YN has the linebacker taken out, he cuts inside. If the YN has the linebacker in, he comes all the way around. If you look at this play, we're trying to get a seal here and a seal here. Try to run this place in the alley. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com.